Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. This is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 14, where we will be continuing the conversation about grief and loss, this time focusing on miscarriages. And actually, this is going to be wrapping up our series on grief and loss. Um, We hope that it's been beneficial. Having some different viewpoints about different losses, maybe some that you can relate to or some that now you know more of, maybe because somebody else in your life or someone you encounter in the future might have some of these losses. Sure. And also encouraging people to continue having conversations with people when they're feeling, you know, especially when they're feeling alone, because you never know who might be dealing with something and just not, you know, being the person to bring it up. In fact, um, as we're talking about miscarriages, this is a very, very common thing. And I also want to say a very common thing that people don't talk about. Um, I'm working with one person currently um, over the death of somebody in her family, and she had brought up the fact that when she attended a grief and loss support group, that somebody was there um, dealing with a, a recent miscarriage of hers. And the woman that I was working with said, you know, I had a miscarriage. And I never thought that you know, I never thought to frame that as a loss because it was so downplayed by yeah. a lot of people. Not people you know, personally to her, but like professionally, like that this was just a common occurrence. And, you know, I think back to my experience with divorce. And when you have this thought of what your future is going to be, yeah, that's very much the case when somebody becomes pregnant, Absolutely. you know, they're, they're trying to become pregnant a lot of the times. And then all of the excitement comes along with finding out that you're pregnant, sharing that news with people. And then there's a lot of loss that comes from that not happening no matter how many weeks along it is. Absolutely. And it's so common that that more than 3 million cases of miscarriage are reported yearly. So the majority of women that are in your life, the likelihood that one or more of them has suffered a miscarriage themselves is extremely high. Right, right. I was looking at some statistics and I said to you, Gretchen, I am quite shocked. I am not a person who's ever, you know, experienced, you know, being pregnant or having a child. Um, So this statistic to me that 70 to 75% of um, pregnancy, well, not pregnancy, so to speak, but like... uh, tries to get pregnant right i mean (laughs) possibilities to get pregnant become fertilized and then they don't attach or that you know that the the prevalence of any sort of loss you know maybe the mother doesn't even know that it's a loss because it's only a week or two into it and um that just those (laughs) i said to you the chances of having a successful so Mm -hmm. to speak pregnancy and delivery is so low that i didn't realize that yeah and i think that that's also you know if in trying to get pregnant myself, my first, I got pregnant very easily. My second, it took a year. And it, because each time we ovulate, there's only a 20% chance that we could potentially get pregnant. And then Mm -hmm. if you do get pregnant during that 20% chance, then the likelihood that you might have a miscarriage is actually quite high. The percentages were kind of not very specific, but Mm -hmm. somewhere between 10 to 15%, I think. Um, and in miscarriage. So when we do get pregnant, the likelihood that it might happen is there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that so many women go through it and don't talk about it, um, hopefully this is something that can change that or spark some change in that. I think for sure. And I thank Desiree for coming on and talking about it because there 
are so many factors to everybody's story that we never take into account. You yes. know, do you have to tell other people? Do your other children know? How do you explain that to them yeah. at an age appropriate level? And um, again, not having medical professionals, you know, even just suggesting that the mother might need counseling or the right. couple. And what does this mean for how they're going to approach trying to get pregnant again? Or will they? There's just so many things to consider that I thank her for bringing this topic up. Yeah. I think it's really hard too from, for the medical profession, because like you said, Christy, it's so common mm -hmm. that when, if you're working in obstetrics and dealing with women that are getting pregnant and losing pregnancies and having babies on a regular basis for them. I, I think it probably is just like, well, this is something that I see every day, mm -hmm. multiple times a day, maybe. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's very common, but for you, it might not be. And so if you've experienced that and didn't get the treatment that you want, definitely go and seek some therapy, some counseling to process this, go to a grief and loss support group. It's doesn't matter when it happened. Mm -hmm. As we've been talking about through this entire grief and loss series, this never goes away. When mm -hmm. we experience grief and loss, no matter what it is, how, in what shape or form, it is with us forever. And we have to learn how to um, live with it for the rest of our lives. And sure, so it's never too late to go and seek help. Mm, definitely. Um, when you, like we said before, are expecting things to go a certain way yeah. and they don't and mm -hmm. something is taken from you, mm -hmm. that's a loss. Yes. So no matter what it is or you know what it's connected to, be talking with people and... Um, not everybody is equipped to have these conversations, so I encourage people to get curious, so yes. to speak, about, you know, you're feeling somebody out. You're like, hey, what has your experience been like with this? And you don't have to divulge everything right away. Kind of feel out who might be a comfortable person for you to talk to and then kind of go from there because some people will really surprise you. Well, and I think whether that's someone in your life or whether that's your therapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's okay for you to be choosy and picky about the people that you share things with when you're looking for support in these things. So again, thank you so much, Desiree, for coming on and I hope you all enjoy this. So I'm here with my friend Desiree. Hi. Uh, thanks so much for coming. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, we're continuing to talk about grief and loss, and I asked Desiree to come and talk about her experiences with miscarriage. Mm -hmm. um, again, I think something that really affects more women and also husbands, but women that we then we know because it's something that isn't talked about a lot. Correct. And so I'm so grateful that you are willing to come and talk about your experiences. So I'm just going to start off with would you talk a little bit about like your family, like your marriage, like how that kind of came about? Sure. You know? um, I've been married for 15 years. We had our son Diego in 2005. Mm -hmm. It was a semi-normal, you know, pregnancy. I he flipped with about eight months of mm. pregnancy, kicked out my spine. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he kicked out like a disc. <laughs> um, You're like, so all right there, was, little one. It was nice. Um, <laughs> and so he was Frank Breach. So they, there were two options: they could turn him in utero, which I was not having. Yeah. Or C-section, which you don't ever really plan for yeah um so i was a little scared and my husband was scared too we you know it's not anything they teach you in birth class or no. anything like that so we opted for the c-section and we scheduled and went in on on that day and it ended up working out obviously uh the the time that it took to recover from that was not something I, I anticipated. Yeah. It was about two weeks. Yeah. And you have, you know, staples in your belly and 
you, you think about being a new mom, you know, and, and, and that wasn't in the equation. So when we decided we wanted to get pregnant again, there was that idea of a VBAC, what Which that would entail. a vaginal birth after cesarean. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of went that route. And so we got pregnant easily. And everything was going well. I was at work and had a very traumatic day. A coworker came at me, actually, physically. Oh. Um, and kind of, we were having issues prior to this incident. But that day, uh, I remember her specifically yelling at me and she kind of was following me around my room and I was very very upset very very shaken um and I remember kind of sitting down on the floor and crying and I was really upset and I went home and I thought you know I haven't felt the baby move mm. how far along were you I was 11 weeks oh okay and it you at that point you don't you don't feel movement like you do but there's this kind of like you know, fluttering yeah. that you feel at that point. Yeah. And I thought, I haven't felt anything. And I f- just felt weird. I felt weird. And, and she had physically attacked you? Yeah. She was in my face and she was, you know, very, very you know, noses touching. And oh, um, yeah, it was a very bad situation. So I, I said to my husband, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the doctor. And the doctor said, well, let's get you an appointment for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll get you in, do an ultrasound. So I went to the appointment, and I, I kind of just, I had this feeling like something's not right. Mm. Something wasn't right. And I remember telling my husband I didn't want him to go. Mm. Because I remember feeling like if something's wrong, I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. Um, which now I don't know why I felt that way, but I, I did. I asked my mom to go, and we were waiting, and I was very, very nervous. I remember feeling just very upset and nervous and here he comes uh, down the hall and I lost my mind. I I just started crying and I didn't know what was going to happen. So we went into the room and the doctor started the ultrasound and she located the baby and then she had this look on her face and so she calls in the doctor and I remember asking like, what? What's yeah. that look? She says, well, I can't really, I can't really say I'm going to get the doctor in here. Okay. And I knew, I just, her face yeah. wasn't right. And there, there yeah. was just this, this feeling. And so we're waiting. Doctor comes in. Mm-hmm. He, she's, you know, showing what apparently she saw. And he looks at me and he said, Okay, so we're probably going to just have to do a DE and C. What? And I, 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 like, looked at my mom, and I looked at my husband, and I said, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? What's going on? Well, you know, we're going to have to get the baby out. <gasps> I, I said, what, what, do you, what do you mean, get the baby? Did I lose the baby? And, I mean, that's how he, uh, that's how he, he told me. And so my geez. husband's looking at me, and I'm looking at my husband, and I just start crying because I'm like, what do you mean? Well, there's no heartbeat. And I said, you know, what are you saying to me? What is a D in- what is happening? Yeah. There was just all this confusion and they're bringing papers into me to 
sign because they're having they're gonna have to rush me off to you know the the OR. Yeah. And my my poor husband is just beside himself because he he there's a language barrier there. You know, he, he's trying to ask me to explain to him in Spanish what, what is happening. I'm trying to get a hold of my emotions that I just lost my child. And um, so <clears throat> they put me in a wheelchair and I'm still signing these forms to evacuate my baby. And so they they wheeled me down the hall and I'm watching all these uh, pregnant women in the waiting area, you know, and um, knowing that they're going to take mine out because mine was gone. Yeah. And not really even understanding why or what happened and there was no explanation. Well, these things just happen is what I got from that guy. Ugh. And um, so they... We, we went into the OR, and it was I remember just, it was real cold. It was real shaky, and uh, my husband wasn't allowed to be with me. It, had, it was, like, sterile, uh, and they put me out, and I had to have a DENC. Sometimes it's just a DNC, but I had to have the evacuation, too, mm-hmm. uh, because the baby was formed. So if you're before eight weeks, they do a DNC because... There's no, um, like, embryo yet. Yeah. It's just the sac. Right. But because I I had an embryo form, they had to evacuate all of it. Um, and they asked me if I wanted to keep it. I did not. Mm. And afterwards, I woke up and just had this sort of feeling of uh, disappointment and um, failure, I guess, was a, a feeling that I had. Yeah. And they wheeled me out to the car, <laughs> and that was it. Right. <laughs> Go home, and good luck to you. And um, we had a hard time because, you know, my son was perfect, and uh, we couldn't figure out why, you know, why after a perfect pregnancy, do you, right. be- besides him flipping, does, does this happen to you? Yeah. And I immediately went into, like, a... Not a full depression, I would say, but kind of like, a, am I going to be able to get pregnant again? Yeah. Are we Are we only going to have one kid? And it was I almost became obsessed with, I need to get pregnant now. I need to get pregnant right away. Mm. We need to start. And they say you have to wait like three months. Well, I was not hearing it. Mm. And so, you know, he was kind of asking this, maybe it was me. Like, maybe it was something I did, you know. Maybe wanted There's to the, try to take some of that he responsibility. He did. He wanted to take that Share off that of with me. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that was it. I mean, we we did not wait. We did not wait the full three months because of my mental state. I I needed I needed to know I could do it again. Yeah. And praise God, I had my daughter. I got pregnant with my daughter. Yeah. Two months after that. Wow. So and she was, she was perfect. Yeah. She was perfect. So what? How has it been for you over all this time? I get, you know, because loss and grief is so complicated mm-hmm. and so difficult. And it isn't just something that we get over Never. and like, oh, well, but you had your daughter. Right. So thank God. And now right. that makes it better. And now right? you're fine. And now right. you're fine. And now you no longer have this 
sad thing that happened, right? right? Like it's all gone. Yeah, that that definitely is something that people say. Oh, so everything turned out well. Well, no. Right. Um, and and no, I, I don't I don't feel like it turned out well. I am I am blessed to have my two kids, but I also in my heart had a third. The doctor never told me what the sex was because I didn't keep the remains and they could have done a test oh. um, to figure out like, like why. A, yeah, what, why, what happened, and also the sex of the baby. Oh, okay. But I, again, I was just so, like, in this confusion of even, like, what had happened. Like, I had never had that moment where they were like, okay, so this is what happened. You lost the baby. Now we're going to go into right. the... Here's it was the just process. like, oh, well, here we, like, we got to do a DN... You know, I didn't know what that meant. Right. Um, so I was still so confused that when they were like, do you want to keep the remains? Oh, no. I, you know, and that right. was it. So um, they could have done this test to find out what the baby was and, you know, what had happened. But I didn't do that. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, my Angie, I dreamed of my grandmother who has passed. Mm. And she was standing right in front of me. I mean, plain as day, and she was holding a baby. And I said, Grandma, who's that? And she uh, looked at the baby, and she looked at me, and she said, this is Dahlia. And I said, Dahlia. And I looked at her face, and I said, she's beautiful. And my grandma said, this is your Dahlia. And so, and I saw the spelling, too, D-A-H-L-I-A. Yeah. And I woke up. And remember, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Didn't I was I was fourteen, fifteen weeks pregnant, and I I woke my husband up and I said, "We're having a girl," and he said, "What?" And I said, "I know it. We're having a girl, and her name is Dahlia." Mm. He said, "Well, I love that name," and he was like, "How? Where did you get that name?" And I told him my dream, and he has an aunt Dahlia. I never heard of her before. It's my mother-in-law's sister, wow. and he said. My aunt's name, I said, that's her name. That's just her name, and we're having a girl. And so probably three weeks later, we went for the ultrasound, yeah. the initial. And lo and behold, it's a girl. And yeah. I was like, I know, I knew it was a girl. <laughs> I, it's okay, I knew. I told you. I knew, yeah. yeah. So here comes Dahlia. That was her name, mm. right? And we're moving through the pregnancy. Now, when you've had a C-section and then a DE and C, mm-hmm. the doctors will not allow you to do a VBAC. Oh, okay. So because it increases your risk of bleeding out, you gotcha. have a lot of scar tissue in there and they they will it's not allow It's too high of a risk. Correct. Well, and that's huge too because you had said earlier that you were really hoping after you had Diego that you were really hoping that you would be able to have a feedback. Right. So, I wanted to be able to experience that. You know, everybody has their labor stories. Right. You know, well, and that's when we go, we think about like what a typical birth would be. Absolutely. It's like, okay, well, I didn't get it with my first, so at least I can try again. You got it. Yeah. Um, so learning that was a blow because as weird as it sounds, I felt like less of a mom. I don't think it's weird at all. I mean, because we we have it's a loss of a dream or a yes. vision or an expectation. Absolutely, and that can be just as devastating yes. as a physical loss. It was because you know, and and I had I had lost my that pregnancy before, and now I can't I can't I can't like, even give a real birth. You know, to my husband, to me, mm-hmm. to 
So that in itself was was a blow. But my baby was healthy. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was having a girl. Yeah. Her name's Dahlia. <laughs> um, and so you have to go through a lot of ultrasounds. Once you've lost a baby, you go through a series. You're going every couple of weeks. Yeah, because um, they really want to check. They need to make sure. So around 24 weeks, I go in, and they're doing that 3D, 4D yes. thing where you can see, like, their face. It literally, it, it's creepy. It's crazy yeah. creepy. <laughs> so he's got, here's her little toes, and here's her little hand. Oh, they're moving. That's so cute. And he moves up to her face. I'm looking at her face, and I'm remembering my dream. Yeah. I looked at Juan, and I had I had this, like, disappointed look on my face, and he's looking at me like, what's wrong with yeah. you? And I said, that's not Dahlia. And he's like, what are you talking about? Because this doctor's like, like what, what? Right, what and is I happening? Said, that's, not, that's not Dahlia. That's a different baby. That's not Dahlia. Oh, wow. It was not the face that I saw in my dream. Yeah. It wasn't. And so we get out of there because he's like, we got to go. This girl's <laughs> crazy. And I said, Juan, I think my grandma was holding our baby that we lost. I think that was my Dahlia. Oh, wow. And he was like, oh, my God. You know, and we, so we decided to name Angie, uh, Angelina, which is a little angel. Yeah. Um, because I, I truly believe that's what I was sent um, to help ease that pain from losing my Dahlia. But she was her own person and I, I believe fully that my my grandma had her and was yeah. showing me her face and that she was a girl and um that helped so much yeah um I don't I, who knows if that's true right but but um, it, I mean at this point it doesn't matter doesn't matter because I believe it to be right <laughs> and so um that helped a lot being able to put a, a name to her and a face to her yeah because she was real and and I don't care what the doctors think and you know she was just this thing to be thrown away because she wasn't yeah and yeah. it's in a really unfortunate like I can't even express how often the medical field is so insensitive oh, so much. in in situations where sensitivity is like demanded yeah needed at just you know and and it's it's horrible right mm-hmm. I mean like what you went through was horrible to lose a child of any age, mm-hmm. you know, is devastating. And to have it be treated so just like flippantly. Yes. And just, oh, yeah. Is, yeah. Is and not like, even explaining to me like um, what's happening. Right. Just like another like jab. Yeah. On top of everything else. Yeah. Just so. not. So if you're a doctor and you're listening, mm-hmm. you know, like I think it's really important that we take into account the Be a person. <laughs> yeah, and the emotions that are on this and and that, you know, you're not going to know and you're not going to understand, but compassion and understanding 100% or asking goes a long way. It really does. Like, do you understand what's happening? Do you have any questions? Yeah. Yeah, cuz I wasn't asked any of that. Yeah. I just had started having forms thrown in my face that I was supposed to just sign and we, we got to get it out. Right. Get my baby? Get yeah. my baby out? Like, it right. was can you, and can, traumatic. And like, well, absolutely. And, like, the, even the way that it's talked about, we got to get it out. It. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you would talk a little bit about, we never get over losses. And that's something that we've been talking about in all of these different um, kind of, like, interviews or chats about grief and losses is that, you know, when when you lose 
or have a loss, when you lose a person, when you lose something like that, and it just affects you so deeply, there is no getting over it. No, there's no. So how have you managed to deal with this loss? I think a lot of it is to make sure that we don't forget her as her. Yeah. Um, that she was and is and always will be a part of our history as a family. Yeah. We talk about her. My kids talk about her. They ask questions. I answer the questions. It keeps her memory alive. One of the things that helps me, I love tattoos. Mm-hmm. And every tattoo that I have have a very specific meaning to them. Yeah. So I put her on my shoulder. I'm partial to butterflies. Yeah. Um, and all of the butterflies that I have on my body are open-winged. I made her close-winged mm. because she wasn't able to open hers. Yeah. But she's she's there. And, and again, she's part of me and she's part of my family who I have tattooed all over me. Yeah. So um, I felt it was right to have her there too. Are there times during the year, like we just came off the holidays, right? And so we've been talking about how uh, dealing with grief and loss over the holidays sometimes can be very difficult. So can you speak a little bit about what that's like, whether it be the Christmas holiday that just passed or other holidays that might be impactful? Probably Mother's Day uh, because, you know, I, I think about what it would be like to have three yeah. versus the two that I have. And also like Christmas and stuff like that, having to buy for three instead of two. And one of the bigger ones that we we celebrate is Day of the Dead. Well, can you also, can you talk a little bit about your heritage? Because you didn't oh, yeah. really share that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Mexican heritage um, and customs, we believe fully that our dead are never truly gone. And if you carry on their memory, they'll always be with you. Mm. So it's a big part of our belief system. Everything we do, we hold those people with us always. And so Day of the Dead is a really special one because I get to just talk about her and, and you know, it, it's, it's hard because you don't have this physical person to talk about. Yeah. You only have what you think they could have been. But I think that's huge, though, because I know that anyone who has learned that they are pregnant from the minute that you see those two lines or the plus yes. sign <laughs> or the pregnant word mm-hmm. on that test, you are a mother mm-hmm. and you start envisioning your life yeah. with that child. Absolutely. And so even though you don't have a physical person mm-hmm. per se, you you had her Absolutely. growing inside of you and you had your plans, right? So again, it's that loss of, well, this is what I envisioned, yeah. a family that included her. Right, Yeah. right. So yeah, it, it it's harder because I don't have, you know, that physical person, but it, yeah, you, she, was, she was a part of me and she was gonna be a part of our family. So anytime a holiday rolls around, I mean, I do think about like, you know, what would that have been like yeah. to have her here? Absolutely. Are there things that 
I guess like, you know, you're sharing your story and I think it's so important because I know that there are other women out there maybe that have gone through what you've gone through and maybe not talked about it or gone through what you've gone through and talked about it. But like, what do you want to tell or what would you want to share about, you know, to other women who maybe are also struggling with this? Talk about it. Yeah. Because there is such a feeling of failure. Yeah. As a woman. And it's not fair. Mm -hmm. That we have to take that on when it's something that your body just did. And you didn't do anything. It's not your fault because it feels like that from the minute they tell you that it's happening, that it is something I did. And the more that we talk about it, you know, people come out of the woodwork. You say that it happened. That happened to me or my sister-in-law or my friend or my neighbor and there are so many women that just kind of live with it yeah and um it's not fair to to keep that in and and the more i feel that you can share and let people you know that you're not alone mm-hmm. in it that it it happened to me it happened to so and so not that it becomes normal or an okay feeling but you feel this kind of camaraderie like Okay, I'm not alone. There's an understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't just happen to me. And it almost makes it bearable, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because you you don't have this soul feeling of just me. Yeah. Because that is what it feels like. How long, how long after um, it happened, were you able, I mean, were you talking to people about it immediately? No. Or, so when did that, re- how did you deal before you felt like you could talk about it? I was into my pregnancy with Angie. So months. Distracting yourself. I mean, and you said that. That was That it. like you initially dealt with it by not dealing with it. Correct. I couldn't tell. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Which looking back, why? But I was. I was embarrassed. Like well, no, I said, I, think, I felt yeah. like I failed. And um, I'm sure a lot of guilt. Very and, like, much shame. so. Yes. Yeah. And again, I, I honestly felt like it was only me. My grandma never had those issues. My mom never had mm. those issues that I knew of, mm-hmm. right? So just me. Right. Why me? Why me? My, my sister-in-law, all of them, they, they, everybody just had their babies. And here I am. Can't yeah. have one. You yeah. know, and, and so, no, it was months. I was so kind of traumatized from that. I waited like 14 weeks wow. before I told anybody I was pregnant with Ange because I was so scared because when I got pregnant with Dahlia, I told everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Immediately. And yeah. having to take that back was almost as excruciating as learning that I lost her because I had to lose her over and over oh, and over again. Right, because every, no, every had... time I told a new person. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher and I told my kids. Oh. I told my kids I was pregnant and, and um, having uh, having to go in um, to my classroom after that and tell all those kids was, was really something. So I said when I got pregnant with Ange, nope. I'm not telling anybody. Yeah. Told my mom, told my dad, my husband. <laughs> and that was it until, I mean, it, w- it was a good 14 weeks in that I knew yeah. I-, I wasn't 
going to lose her. Well, that's even, that's a new way of living because, you know, I'm sure with Diego, it was like, hey guys, everybody right away. Right, right away. So then the second time it was like, hey guys, everybody right away. Yeah. And then you experience something so much. And I think that's a good way of looking at how it changes you, Big the time. way that you view life, yes. what you do, how you make decisions. Yes. Because now, you know, it's a loss of that joy. Yes. Like it's not, I'm overjoyed that no, I'm pregnant. I it's scared. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Exactly. It's a good word. Yeah. So what were some of the things that maybe people did that kind of helped you or like what were the things that you needed at that time and 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 then as time has gone on what has helped kind of like you through dealing with the loss I mean people like I said the more I heard about it and the more I heard of of people and women in my in my life going through it the more that that helped and then getting over it um, doesn't really happen, but mm-hmm. living with it, um, things like this, being able to then, if I know somebody that is experiencing it, I can, I can share with them and then help them through it. And, you know, that's how healing happens. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Is there, I know there are. So like, what are some of the things maybe that have been difficult? Like when people, I don't know, say certain things or do certain things. Um, Like after you had the miscarriage and you were telling people about it, um, what, like, what did you need to hear from people? And maybe what did you hear that? That, that I actually had a child Mm. because people will say, well, yeah, but, but you didn't actually know you didn't actually, it wasn't actually a baby yet. Yeah. And that makes me <laughs> very angry. Yeah. Um, because yes, she was. Yeah. And um, yes, I, I, I was pregnant. And, you know, I, I don't like when people try to lessen just because I didn't, I, was, I didn't hit a certain week or something. Yeah, that, like you know, a milestone. They, yeah, there's, they talk about milestones and, you know, well, you, but, you know, you didn't actually see it. And, you know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Or um, when you have, uh, you call them like a one-upper, you know. Um, And so, yes, I was, uh, you know, 11, 11 and a half weeks. Oh, well, that's nothing. That, it happened to me at blank weeks, you know, and it's like, okay, (laughs) I don't necessarily think this is a competition. Yeah. Those are the sorts of things that are hurtful and I don't need to hear. Absolutely. Um, so if you're listening, those are things not to say. Well, and I also think too, like, you know, because you, um, you know, very blessed in having two wonderful children, but again, doesn't undo the loss. So is that, is that something that, you know, like if, you know, at least you have Diego. Oh, yes. Yes. Or or at least least you're able to get pregnant again. At least you know you you can get pregnant. It's like, well... It doesn't. Yes, thank goodness I I was able to have my daughter, but it doesn't lessen that pregnancy. No. It was still the emotion. Or the emotion. I think that people don't realize that they're trying to be helpful. Definitely. And really what they're doing is they're just being more hurtful. Yes. Um, and and in doing that, it's like almost saying like you should not be grieving this correct because look at the beautiful boy that you have or look you can get pregnant that's right you know and and i think that 
it's not good to invalidate our feelings or other people's. Um, But when we do that to ourselves, it it prevents healing instead of promoting it. I would agree. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. So whatever you're feeling is valid valid. all the time, always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing. I, I know that this is difficult to talk about, but again, so important that we share these experiences that we have because so many of us go through them and even if it's not the exact same experience i know that there are people that can relate and so i really appreciate thank you for doing it thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to conversations to connect with christy and gretchen if you like our show want more information and want to connect with us go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on instagram We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.